0: The following podcast contains adult content. It is not suitable for minors, professional settings, or the faint of heart. Foreplay Goes South is open mic storytelling, hosted monthly by Metanoia. Attendees share their intimate, sultry, salacious tales. The stories you're about to hear are recorded live at Petras in the historic Plaza Midwood, Charlotte, North Carolina. As many of my listeners know, I began producing this podcast in September of 2021. After six years of hosting the live events and hundreds of stories told on the stage, I wanted to share these stories with more than the hundred or so people who come to Petra's monthly. So with this final episode of the first season of the 4Play Go South podcast, it feels apropos to feature a lineup of storytellers sharing stories of firsts. So with that in mind, let's get started. Up first is Mags telling us about how she got introduced to Cake.
1: So uh, I'll also set the stage here. This was 2017 2018, January in New York. I had been dating a guy for exactly a year, and he asked me to be his date to his cousin's wedding. And uh, yeah. And it was a black tie wedding. So I was like, yes, get to get dressed up. And it was a full open bar. So I was like, fuck yeah, we're going to do this. And this woman, his cousin, was marrying into some very old New York money. So it was the fanciest wedding I have ever been to. It was beautiful. It was in this venue called Chelsea Piers. It was on the New York Harbor. It was like what I imagined like Wolf of Wall Street would have been like if I ever got to touch that fame. Like there were yachts parked outside. And it was insane. The, the reception had people walking around with like full plates of sushi. So it was amazing and we got dressed to the nines and we decided that this was going to be a chance to, I guess, I don't know, sexually torture each other for six hours during this whole affair. Um, I sent a picture of myself and my date to some friends of mine before the event started. I didn't stand a chance, because my friends texted me back and were like, are you you dating Rob Stark? (laughs) Yeah, I think so. So we show up. I am meeting much of his family for the first time uh we're there we're actually in contrast to the chelsea Piers wedding we are staying in an airbnb with his two brothers and their two partners and it's you know one of those where there's two bedrooms we have one of them you open the window and you can reach out and touch the wall of the building next to you and it's so blisteringly hot when we show up we're immediately sweating and i'm trying to crank this radiator In our hallway to turn the heat off, and I break the knob so I don't tell anyone, and I just (laughs) just shove it underneath. It's not a big deal. It's fine. We're it's an Airbnb we're here for one night, so we go. So we go to the wedding. It's beautiful. It's amazing. Everybody is getting schloshed, so I don't have to worry about acting pristine because no one else is acting pristine. People are being inappropriate. His family members are telling me stories that I feel like I shouldn't know. It's very strange. Uh, I'm trying to make a good impression on his brothers and their partners, and they're all dealing with their own shit. So it's like, whatever, this is great. So we are naturally, as you do when you're at a wedding, it's love. You're celebrating love. It's beautiful. I'm crying. I don't even know these people. Uh, We're teasing each other. We're touching each other. We're stealing looks. Eventually stealing looks turns into walking away from the party into the valet parking lot and making out while the staff are on their smoke breaks. At one point we wander out onto the piers and we question how much we could possibly be fined if we broke onto a yacht. Uh, <laughs> disappointing that we didn't do this. The venue was two stories. Um, The first floor was just the reception area where the wedding happened and the upstairs was basically a balcony that overlooked everything and some bathrooms. And there was an elevator that took you to the bathrooms, essentially. It opened up to the reception area and then the upstairs was mostly private because who's going to the bathroom when you're extremely dehydrated on liquor? So we are several hours into this event, I'm feeling very saucy and feisty, and we go upstairs, I say, I need to use the restroom. And I'm in like this really nice black velvet dress, and he's in this stellar black suit, and we go to the restrooms, and I have a great idea, and I think, I'm
2: really gonna get him.
1: And I take my panties off, and I come out with my black thong in my hand, and I very slyly put my hand, my closed fist, into his open palm, and he very discreetly puts it in his pocket. I think, oh, yeah, I've got (laughs) him. There's no way he's coming back from this side. (sighs) And so we're going, and then, you know, he just kind of leads me over to the elevator. And we get in the elevator to go back down, but the doors close, and no buttons are pressed. Well, buttons are pressed. (laughs) And uh, next thing you know, I'm having sex in an elevator. And it's the lights go out because I guess when you don't move on the elevator, it's just like, oh, nobody's in here. Black. So there's this very real fear that like, anyone who presses the button to go in the elevator is going to be met with us. (laughs) It's fine. Nothing happens. Nobody catches us. It was great. So we are continuing on our merry way. We're dancing to all the classic songs at a wedding little John for whatever reason. (laughs) Yeah, by Usher because that's what you play at a wedding. It's like holy and beautiful. And we've all gathered here today to twerk on our cousins. (laughs) So the night is wrapping up. We get an Uber XL to go back to the Airbnb. And uh, there's one brother in the front seat. There's a brother. And a partner and another brother in the middle seat, and then we are in the backpack. You see where this is going. We start fooling around in the backpack seat, and by this point, I'm like pretty much combustible. It's been several hours of this, and uh, he starts hiking my dress up. I'm like, sitting in the back seat looking at the backs of the heads of his family and their partners, like can we we do this (laughs) we can (laughs) he starts fingering me and it's going great and i notice that one of the brothers rolls a window down i'm like oh god he can hear us or worse he can smell us (laughs) we get to the airbnb he bolts out of the uber So I'm very sheepishly walking up to the the front door, and I realize, much to my delight, not to his, he didn't sprint out of the Uber because he was embarrassed by our backseat escapades. He vomits all over the stairs of the mosque that's next to our Airbnb. And next we're thinking, oh god, it's a hate crime. (laughs) We ignore that, we go inside, we start having sex, it's great. He takes my panties out of his pocket and says, I believe these are yours, shoves them in my mouth. And I'm thinking, yeah. no one's ever done this before. What's happening? <laughs> and then comes the belt around my neck. And choking is insane because everything else falls away. And the libido is like, yeah, I don't care what do doing. And I text my friends the next day, and I'm like, something happened to you last night. I think I was introduced to kink. <laughs>
3: And they're like, what happened?
1: I was like, well, he put my panties in my mouth. I put my panties in my mouth and then choked me with his belt, and I had an orgasm. They're like, wow, did you like it? I'm like, how soon is too soon to propose to a man? And they like, maybe you should give it some more thought. Well, I got married two months ago, and I still think about this person
0: next story, Rachel tells us all about how she didn't get introduced to King.
2: So last time, was my first time here, but I told a story about the first time I'd gotten my butthole licked. So for any of you who are fortunate enough to hear that, that was really my funniest story. So I started out way, so it, don't get your hopes up. This is not going to be at that level, but it, I think still story to be, thank you, it's going to be good. So. Um, I'm going to tell a story about what I learned that uh, Fifty Shades of Grey is not a BDSM documentary.
0: <laughs> um,
2: not actually based on any fact. I had watched Fifty Shades of Grey, I'd read the books, I got the tingly feelings that I was supposed to be getting, you know. But um, I was like, oh man, this is hot. Like, this is cr- like oh my god, this is crazy. You know, I felt guilty, like, reading it on an airplane, like, people know I'm reading this, like, this is crazy. Um, I didn't really know architecturalize like what this actually looked like. Uh, and so about two years ago, May of the pandemic, um, I, you know, we've all been locked in our house for two months. So I'm ready to kind of get out there, start getting back out into the world. So I started talking to this guy on Facebook dating, really nice. You know, we texted because at this point the restaurants were still closed. So you couldn't even go out and meet someone in public if you wanted to. So. Um, Texted a little bit. We realized we live like 10 minutes from each other. And so after about two weeks of just texting a little bit, I was like, listen, I, you, we could pick up food. Like, let me pick up some food. I'll come over to your place because it's not safe to have a random guy come to your place. So, yeah, being smart. And uh, so I'm like, let me come over to your place. I'll, you know, bring some food. And he's like, okay, um, let me just warn you that I have um, this in my house. And he sent me a picture of the cross. I can't remember what it's called, but, um, Thank you. St. Andrews. Wow. Okay. I'm in the right room for this story. So I had never heard the term St. Andrews cross. I thought, oh, 50 shades of gray. This is about to get crazy. You know, and I'm like, oh, fuck yes. Like I've read the books. I'm ready to go. Like whatever's about to happen, my life is going to be like, it's going to be insane. So and that was all I had in my mind. I was like, I had no other idea of what could possibly be happening. So I was like, okay, that's a little, that's a lot. But um, I, you know, let's let's go for it. I'll I'll come over. So um, you know, I show up. This guy seems normal. He's you know, it's got two cats and all that. That probably should have been a red flag. Um, and so so he takes me on a tour of you know his townhouse I'm like yes (laughs) I see the cross and he shows me like these are my vloggers and these are the things I have and I'm like okay but I keep waiting I'm like so we like what are we doing you know like and he was just a complete gentleman no no assumptions about what was going to happen you know this was my first time meeting him and so we ended up just having dinner and you know very nice and you know I left and I was like okay but I I left and I was like oh I thought we were going to do like so to do shades of gray shit. Like I was getting ready for whatever that was gonna be. So, so we start texting each other again, and I'm like, next time I come over, like let's, you know, have a little bit of fun. Let's, you know, and so now we're just like sexing each other, like ready to just fucking go. So um two days later, I uh come back over to his townhome. Again, not really sure <laughs> what's gonna be happening. I do not really know at this point, but we're both ready. We're like, this is this is the moment. We're doing this. So um, we're making out. We're starting to like pull some clothes off. Like I think he's down to his underwear. He had just gotten my top off, and then his smoke alarm starts going on, and the batteries in every level of his townhome are beeping. So he is running around in his underwear trying to find a ladder so that he could change the bed. Because he just wants to get his dick wet. He's like, I mean, we were like right there. Like, we were ready to go. And he's just like, so poor. I was just laughing because I'm like, this is just hilarious. Like, he's got a boner. He's got his underwear on. He's just like trying to get this. So he finally, I mean, finally, I think he just disconnected them all from the ceilings. And was like, just like threw them on the ground. I was like, fuck these. Because you never have the batteries you need. I found that out. Um, but I will say, so finally we did have that big night, but again, still no Fifty Shades of Grey stuff. Like I didn't end up on a cross. I didn't really I was like, I don't know. <laughs> like, are you not is that not what we're doing? Like I had just I had assumed, you know. So I was telling him, I was like, have you seen Fifty Shades of Grey? Like, is that a, you know what's happening? And he's like, No, that's not real. And I'm like, what do you mean that's not real? It's like a Really popular book. <laughs> like, and they they made movies out of it. So I don't know. Maybe you haven't seen them, but like they're you know they're really good. And he's like, no, that's not that's not what that is. Um, so then I found out what it really is. Uh, I went to my first dungeon, and that was an experience. And that's this whole thing. I won't get into that. But um, I just <laughs> my life my life uh, ended up very different from Fifty Shades of Grey. I <laughs> learned that that wasn't real, and now I can't even watch it, because, like, this is, I
0: mean,
2: it's painful. Like, the dialogue, and you're like, what is happening? Like, and so, yeah, I just, uh, Fifty Shades of Grey does not prepare you for a BDSM lifestyle. So, if anyone comes to you and is like, I've read the books, I'm ready, you're like, that's not what the books are.
1: <laughs>
2: uh, so this is the same guy that, licked my butthole for the so you guys that yeah. so, you know great and uh ended up being, you know, a great relationship, wonderful. And you guys do heard the story line. I mean it's there's some stuff going on there. Um yeah, that's how I learned that fifty shades of gray is not a factual document. <laughs>
0: Our next storyteller, Dylan, fills us in on his first along the road to becoming a pussy-eating connoisseur.
4: Right. So, I figured I'd start about a story about my, one of my first foreplay experiences. Yeah. yeah. I've never told the story the way I always wanted to tell it, so y'all in for a treat tonight. Uh, one of my favorite things to do when it comes to foreplay is eat pussy. I love to eat pussy. <laughs> Yeah, I, I have a, I have a, I have a mantra that I, that I tell myself to describe myself. I don't eat pussy. I'm a pussy eater. Okay, so like I do it for me. I don't do it for her. I do it for me. If I could eat pussy every day, I would. And this is this is my story of how I became just that. Let's take it back to 2000, 2011. I was like 17, 18 years old, freshman year of college. I didn't know shit about anything. So I'm going in here, bright-eyed, you know, virgin. I think the most I'd done was, like, attempt to eat pussy in high school, and it was a failed attempt. That's another story. And uh, one of my favorite rappers at that time, Danny Brown. I don't know if we have any Danny Brown friends in here, if y'all know who Danny Brown is. He came out with a song or mixtape and had a song on it called I Will. And the song went something like, Take it off, baby, bend over, let me see it. You're looking for a real pussy eater. I could be it, quit playing with me, girl, and bring it over here, and climb aboard my face, put that pussy on my beard. I was like, and I heard, as soon as I heard that, I knew exactly what I had to do. You know, freshman in college. First, second week, there wasn't shit to do at that school for the first and second week as a freshman. You you just eating, shitting, and fucking. Like, literally, that's what everyone did. So, after I heard that, I, I had Pornhub and xhamster.com open every day. I was studying eating pussy more than, like, my classes. Like, I, I was taking notes, I was looking at visuals, seeing reactions, saying, okay, is this how she's supposed to react? I'm like, okay, let me. Is this what's the clip? Where's that? And you know, I was, I was just trying to find. I was just trying to learn the anatomy through Pornhub. So you know, shout out to Pornhub University for that. So uh, you know, time goes on, a few weeks go by. I continue to listen to uh, motivating uh, pussy eating music, and somehow, some way, I had a, I had a girl end up at my dorm room. I don't know how. Like, I, I to this day, I didn't even think I had that much game in me. But I did. And first time I got a naked and had a pussy in my face, I looked I was like almost in awe. Like I had just stumbled upon a pot of gold at the end of the rainbow. Like I didn't understand I actually didn't even know what to do. Like I was just like spreading the lips apart. Like I'm saying, okay, is this the, is that the clip right there? Like am I supposed to what am I supposed to do with that? And it was this it wasn't like I was standing there look staring at it for a long time. It felt like forever. But I really was just figuring out what to do next. I guess she was waiting for me to do something. So, you know, I guess I was like, fuck it, whatever happens, I guess i just dive in. So I ate everything, I licked everything around. Like just to just until she made a sound. Until, until she made a sound or said anything. And I, I guess I did a good job because she ain't not tell me to stop. And you know, I don't, and, and on top of that, it was clean shaven pussy. Like I had never, I that was the first time I ever eaten, so I didn't know. I thought all pussies were shaven. Like I thought, I thought all of them would just felt like that, and it felt like I was pressing my face and my mouth up against like nice smooth leather. Like I guess, I guess she had like just freshly shaven or something. I guess and this girl came about three times. I I did that for almost an hour. The neck and I didn't even. And what what sucks is that I didn't even fuck her. Like we didn't even have sex. Like that's how good I pretty much like knocked out. But the next day, she woke up, made me breakfast. We had our classes. She came back and made me dinner. Like that's, that was, I was a freshman. I don't know what year she was, I think she was older. But apparently that's how good that was and I've been studying that ever since. So I'm an 11 year, 10 year veteran, at Prison, and I'm getting better with every every experience.
0: Up next, Chanel talks about what led to her first time feeling sexually aroused.
5: Hey, everybody! You know, it's fitting that my first thought was, "Oh, I wonder who supports that?" Does I have to follow that amazing act? And then here I am. So, well, I'm Chanel. Um, it's my first time on stage. <laughs> Uh, so speaking of first, I thought it would be fitting to share my what I consider my first sexual awakening. And so my definition of it is when you felt anything in in other regions from you know any stimuli. So this puts me back to like senior year of high school. I, I consider myself a late bloomer. I compare myself to other people a lot, which is bad. Um, but you know while all of my peers seemed to be getting it on in any place they could mm-hmm. find whether well, it was a park across the street or in the stairwell or in the bathroom, you know, my head was in the books. I was, you know, I was, I was very studious. I was like, you know, the, the, the mitochondria is the powerhouse in the cell. Like, like that's important. That's what y'all need to focus on. What's wrong with y'all? So I didn't get it. I, I didn't get it. And and so then after, after that, I started to think like, okay, well, something wrong with me. Like, why don't I feel anything for anybody? I mean, there was, there was one guy, um, he was on he was on the high school soccer team and um, I don't know with his I don't know brown skin and his hair he reminded me of Aladdin so I was like oh this guy's really cute so but I had the weirdest that I think that was the first time that I had like a, a any kind of bodily reaction and it was unlike what any of my other friends talked about I mean they, they talked about you know oh I got so wet and I you know this, this and that and I'm like well my um. My underarms got really prickly. Like I don't know how to describe it. It's like it wants to sweat, but it doesn't. Like maybe it's a, it was an allergic reaction or something. Is that happening, y'all? Like I say, like, you know, I get all this, but what about the underarms? No, just me. All right, fine. So finally, the day came. It was a uh, darkest stormy night in September. No, I'm kidding. I mean, it wasn't a fall, but um, I. It was a movie, so I. Um, I'm gonna say the name of the movie, but then of course I I need to explain. Um, The name of the movie is called Fear. Just bear with me. Um, So some of you may know it was like a a 1998 one with uh, Mark Wahlberg, Reese Witherspoon. I mean, it's it's crap, but I mean the, the (laughs) you know, it's one of those like, you know, they had this budding romance and then you find out he's a crazy stalking, murder psycho, you know, one of those things. But before all of that happened, and, and I've seen a movie multiple times, mind you, but I never realized that I've always seen the censored version when they show it on TV. So somehow I came across the uncensored version, and the difference was um, there was a scene where they went to uh, a carnival, and um, they had a wooden roller coaster, and, and Reese Witherspoon's character was in a skirt, and uh, so they said get on the coaster, and so she's sitting there in the skirt, and then you know Mark walks beside her, and so. One thing led to another. His hand just slowly creeps up her thigh and starts, you know, finger on a roller coaster. And so I'm watching it, and I'm like, oh, because, you know, when I first saw the the censored the version, I was like, oh, well, they're just so happy because, you know, it's a roller coaster. Like, they're enjoying themselves. And I it's like, okay, now this makes sense. But the way, I mean, and this is 1998 Mark Wahlberg. I mean, this Marky Mark, Calvin Klein, supermodel Marky Mark. So Somehow, the way he looks with his hair, I don't know, something about the hair, whatever. The way he looked in a camera, and um, the way, I guess, they, they showed how he was, it wasn't really explicit, but I mean it was heavily implied about what he was doing. And honestly, I thought, I was like, maybe giving him a little too much credit, because you know, the roller is doing like this. So I mean, it's just little up there, but. anyway, okay. any rate, um, it was that in combination, uh, the, the song that was playing, the background in the scene was Wild Horses, uh covered by the sundays that's not a sexy song (laughs) at at the time i thought it was about horses for for some reason but however whatever the song and the way he looked and the 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 things that they were doing i was like oh oh hello (laughs) i'm feeling a little something down here okay this is what everybody was telling me. i didn't know what to do with myself at the time again I was a late bloomer, but I was like, okay, this is what everybody's talking about. All right, I feel little at the time. It's like, now I feel normal, which nothing wrong with however early or late you feel anything. So that's my uh, story of my sexual awakening. So thank you, Mark Walter.
0: Everyone likes a good squirt story, so let's finish this episode out with Sky Princess telling us about her first squirt.
3: But I had some pretty insane experiences last weekend. I was a little more serious, so I'm going to do that. But first, perfect timing to uh, my friend that just got off the stage. I am a flight attendant, and back when the Fifty Shades of Grey books were starting to become a thing, and everybody's, you know, you walk walking through the airport and everybody's like, oh. <laughs> <laughs> and flipping the page, so on the airplane we were in, I remember it so vividly, we were on, it was in Florida, so it's extra hot, the air conditioner isn't working on boarding, of course, and everybody has those black books with the Fifty Shades of Grey on the front, and so I get on the PA, because I'm the lead flight attendant, and I'm sassy as fuck on the airplane, and I said, in order to cool off the airplane, I'd really greatly appreciate if all the tennis moms would please close the Fifty Shades of Grey books. <laughs> And I got a really large giggle out of Everybody, <laughs> and I actually saw some people be like, "Oh shit." shit. <laughs> okay, I usually don't get serious up here, but this is like a really serious thing for me. So I went to a regional Burning Man this last weekend in West Virginia called Transformus. <laughs> yes, burner friends. And I camped with a camp called um, Playground, that is a sex-positive camp. And I had no idea what I was getting myself into. <laughs> uh, I'll just like uh, lay out the the vibe. There was butt butt revolution. <laughs> a genius had calibrated on a laptop like you know the arrows when you're doing the dance dance, and you're like, yeah! this person was physically, they made it a game so you could actually anal fist, like, oh I wanna dance with somebody. <laughs> It was insane. And this person was just like, yeah, keep going. And like in and out and
0: in and out. And
3: they're like, I'm about to come. Okay. But to the serious part. The people that run this camp are married and they're the most magical human beings I've ever met in my life. And they run a squirting empowerment workshop. What? For the Anybody can attend, but there was 400 people. 400 people all under the uh, we were in the mountains so we were outside and there's like an inflatable couch and a fluffing space and like an aftercare space and I was the puppy pet bitch and no no it was great (laughs) I was like up there and seeing everything and like doing Reiki and helping people heal and like explode at the same time was great. but then I decided that it was my turn (laughs) And I was part of the camp, and it was just, it's was it been this whole thing for two and a half years. I've never squirted before, like, actually squirted. I had the feeling, and then I had some other guy or two that'd be like, oh, yeah, I have squirted. I'm like, fuck you, bitch, I didn't squirt. Um, so in front of 400 people, I get up there, unclip my onesie. <laughs> I'm, like, almost in tears, about to freak out. Uh, I basically get on the megaphone and say, this isn't sexual for me, this isn't sensual for me, this is... I'm a healer. I'm a channel for all beings. And I have a feeling that I'm about to, like, cause an earthquake with what's about to happen and release any trauma for myself and, like, any women that have ever been fucked by men. And everybody was like, oh, that's going to be good. Mind you, I've never actually squirted. Two minutes in, which felt like a thousand light years, everybody's cheering. And I said, "I said, blah, blah, blah. Tell everybody, shut up. And he goes, whoop. And the entire 400 people just, and just like that, you could hear a pin drop. You could hear the frogs frogging and the, <laughs> the birds chirping. And it was really powerful. Like, you know, he said nobody has ever asked for that before. Nobody had ever asked for silence. And then all of a sudden, like, the wife is like, warming me up. Then the husband starts going, and I said, make them scream. And I said, scream. And everybody just goes crazy. And within at least three minutes, all of a sudden, I felt it. And he was like, breathe, faster, faster, faster. I was like "Ah, ah." And then it just But instead of like, it wasn't sensual. I was screaming. I was physically screaming all the pain of like any trauma that has ever affected me. Like any man that has ever fucking fucked with me, disrespected me, and it wasn't just about me. All the women in the audience, people were crying. People were screaming with me. People were laughing. People were cheering me on. Like, they said on the other side of the mountain, they could hear my squirt. <laughs> <laughs> and we kept going. And it kept going. And I remember I opened my eyes just for a little second. I was like, oh my God. It was just like this little fountain of like. <laughs> and, I, <laughs> and then the, the husband was like, push harder. And all of a sudden, I was like, Like I was giving birth, I had one person holding my hand here, one person holding my hand here. Uh, The wife was fingering me, and then he was like, and it goes, and they said it was like eight or nine inches, and it was like pretty tall compared to everybody else. (laughs) And um, I'm kind of like shy about my bodily fluids. I don't really like my bodily fluids. It's really a weird, self-conscious thing, and I was dripping. There, I, I sat up after everything. I could have kept going but I was like I need to give the audience a break. <laughs> I sat up. And it was like after puppy patting for eight people. I was like okay that's nice, that's messy, great. But this was everywhere. Uh, the wife looks at me and she's like my nickname is Princess Melissa at festivals and she goes Princess Melissa. This was like a Princess Melissa river. <laughs> it was everywhere and I stood up half naked and I got in front of the audience, and the, the husband was like, please say something. And I was just, like, drunk. I was so sober. I was so drunk on my squirt. <laughs> and I get on the megaphone, and I was like, I just took a three-hour energetic shit. And it feels like, so good. And I went like this. And I licked myself, and everybody was like, Fuck yeah! And I got a standing ovation. It was just like it was supreme. It was intense. It was beautiful. But I, like I genuinely am, like so grateful for that experience. And I feel free because um, I've been wanting to like really explore sexually, and there's just always something that's in my way or something, somebody that's holding me back. And I just I've never been able to do it just for me. And I feel so free after that weekend, and so supported, and seen, and loved, and like I channeled not just me. Like I channeled so much shit for so many people that can't do it themselves. And I just felt like a powerful divine goddess. And I'm gonna keep carrying that shit forward into my life and do whatever the fuck I want. Not like anybody else wants. But I'm just so happy that I (laughs) it. And at the same time, I met a really, really, really fucking special human that supports me in a way that I've never been supported before in my life, like words of affirmation, praise, seeing the things I do that I don't even know that I do, and they're supporting me with that. And they witnessed that squirt. Like, they were energetically supporting me from afar, and they cried, and I cried, and then they debriefed with me, and I was just like, who oh, is this is my life. Like, Burning, if you've never been to Burning Man, go, man. Go to any regional burn. It'll change your life. And if you ever hear a playground, Camp playground. They're going to Loughburn in Miami. Come say bye, uh, come by and say hi because they do a squirting workshop. They're like known for that. They make, they made 16 out of 20 women squirt the other day. Ah! For the first time.
0: Happy squirting, everybody. Well, that wraps up the final episode of season one of the 4Play Goes South podcast you're in charlotte on august 16th come to petra's to check out these stories live this episode of Fourplay goes south podcast was recorded and produced by event host and podcast creator metanoia these stories are recorded live every third tuesday of the month at petra's in charlotte north carolina for more information about foreplay goes south Follow us at 4PlayGS on Facebook, Fat Life, Instagram, and Twitter.